and other sorts of wacky characters wow, no. on and they get interviewed. They just have each other. They bounce off each other. Oh, yeah. just imagine having someone with you all the time no. on a podcast and you just bounce back and forth. Yeah, what's your favourite podcast? Do you know what a podcast is? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. Top one. Too much time on my hands, yeah. which really describes for podcast listeners. <laughs> what is that about? Is that also this podcast exactly to the tilt? No, it's about um, it's about solo traveling. Traveling? Well, look on this show, you never know what's going to happen, so we might talk about traveling today. And actually, I think my first guest is from a place. So they've travelled here for this. <laughs> I believe she's an amateur folklorist. Uh, Brunhilde Braun. Please welcome, clap, clap. Yeah. Hello. Hello. So do I just take one of these? Just take a mic and then we just, don't be worried about the audience staring back at you. Oh, just yeah. act like they're not there. This is my first one of these. So you're an amateur folklorist. What does that mean? Well, I, I grew up in uh, Ballarat, one of the, the towns around Ballarat, a bit closer to it. I just say Ballarat because not everyone knows exactly where it is. And I, you know, much like podcast world I have a lot of time on my hands and I, I just really got into a lot of old folklore old Germanic folklore uh, old folklore of the Alps and that sort of thing um, German folklore so specifically uh, Frau Perkter who is Frau who's Frau she is my favourite figure in folklore. Um, so basically, she is she's known as a belly slitter, which is a little bit heavy. That sounds very gory. <laughs> but really, she's just someone to she's like a carrot and a stick. She's 
the person who comes around uh, in, in, the, in the winter time to remind everyone not to leave their chores unfinished, not to leave their sewing undone, not to leave their house dirty. And it's really exciting to me. She rocks up at your house and is, she turns up and she's beautiful. She looks like a goddess. And she has these two beautiful goddess-like uh, figures beside her. And you just think, oh, who are these supermodels turning up at my house? Oh, it's so cold, I better give them a bowl of nice, delicious soup. But really, they only really like to uh, eat uh, fish porridge. But. Uh, Gross. Anyway. What is that? Fish porridge? Well, I suppose a lot of people would think of porridge as oats that have been soaked for a, a long time or a short time in hot water. And they've become quite moist and squishy but with the fish flavour for the extra nutrients and, you know. Anyway, if she is unsatisfied with your house, she'll return to you in her other form, in her ghoulish old witch form. Uh, and she, she'll have an iron nose. She's characterised by, uh, by a very big, long beak. And, yes, and she'll... The person who hasn't done their chores or uh, completed their housework, left their sewing undone, you know, uh, she should take them, just slit your belly open and take your guts out and fill it with garbage and old snow and rocks and pebbles, then she'll stitch it back up. That sounds grotesque. Why would you be into that? I just think it's really important to remember that there's we have chores for a reason. You know, the, the housework won't do itself. And I think uh, we live in an age where people are just too fascinated by things that are, they don't have the, the traditional family values that I think Frau Perkter reminds us of. What is traditional and family about, you didn't do what I wanted, so I'm gonna cut you open and replace your internal organs with garbage? Well, I don't think I went into quite enough detail. I don't think you did. <laughs> it's really quite a, sort of a carrot and stick incentive system. She comes in two forms, the beautiful, the beautiful goddess supermodel type, and she has, it's such a beautiful face and figure and everything. She just turns up at your house to check that everything's going well. And if, if she's very happy with your work, if she's uh, glad that you're a, a well-behaved child or a, a dutiful uh, housewife or something like that, she'll leave a silver coin in your shoe. And that's what we all aspire to, really. One silver coin? Yes! I think the, uh, I think the, uh, the positive reinforcement and the negative reinforcement are both not in balance. You think there's something disproportionate about that? I think it's something disproportionate about doing something good and then, oh, here's a silver coin. One silver coin in my shoe. That's annoying. <laughs> well, and then, when oh, you, you did something bad. I'm going to cut you open. Well, you won't make the same mistake twice. I definitely wouldn't because I'll probably be dead. Yes. Has anyone ever lived? after their organs were replaced with garbage. I should think not. I should think not. I, I... Except Andrew Bolt. <laughs> I... See, you get political, you get them on your side. Uh... Well, 
think you know, the, the role of folklore within our society is to just remind people, not through a literal lesson, I don't personally know anyone who's had their stomach cut open and filled with garbage. I'll hope not. Uh, but I know the lesson, and the lesson is, whether you believe in this uh, Frau Perkta or not, the real gift is having a tidy home. Okay. But is there a... So is this folklore something that Germans would use to get their kids to clean to, their to house? Behave? Yes, perhaps. it's this. Is this perhaps uh, perform That's traditional male roles and traditional female roles. That's psychotic. But there are so many religions that do that. Name one religion that cuts you open and puts garbage inside you. Does sound... Hmm. Look, all the religions... Sure, they cut you up. I've read the Bible. Old Testament and New Testament, but who replaces the organs with garbage? Well, over time you might find that she has taken many forms and her perked and her, her beautiful accomplices, they are, they do have, uh, you know, they come in many forms and they're celebrated the in the many supermodel, ways. The supermodel and the... the you know, the, the hag and, and the beauty. Oh, sure, because those are the only two. The only two things that women can think, of course. Yeah, it makes, <laughs> makes sense to me, and that, and that is, in fact, an ironic statement, so don't worry. I don't know what anyone has to worry about. <laughs> uh, the real truth is, you know, if you, if you have uh, a healthy routine that keeps your, your home and your family safe, you're safe. You've got nothing to worry about. That was realistically, I mean, there may be serial killers out there. I'm not denying the existence of that, but the... Who would? I just think it's really important to remember the, the role that folklore has in our society. Throughout a long time, people have been reminded of the dangers of crying wolf, of wringing uh, around the rosies and whatnot. Uh, uh, the, and famous, you know, the famous song about a plague. Yes, in, in this time of uh, a necessary cleanliness, we need to remember that there is something very important. I, I think it's a really important traditional time. Traditional values, you mean? Yes. I mean, would we... I, I'm not saying that there is a specific study saying that we wouldn't have a, a coronavirus pandemic currently if... If, uh, if traditional family values were more focused on, but there isn't a study that proves otherwise, and that's good enough for me. Are you saying someone cut themselves open, replaced their organ with a bat, and that's why we have coronavirus? Not specifically, but yeah. without the proof to say otherwise, I can't, I can't disprove it, you know? So you're saying it's a possibility? I've done a lot Even though it's a ridiculous research. statement, what I just said. Well, I don't think it's... That ridiculous? It's not ridiculous at all. It's does ridiculous. It, does it sound ridiculous to you? Is, it, is that how coronavirus happened? I'm, I'm not an expert. Okay. I, I don't want to speak out of turn. No, 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 no. This is a conversation. It's a back and forth. 
And you know it's a good heated discussion when you're not on the same page and you're yelling and everyone feels uncomfortable. Oh, That's for podcasts. I'm not yelling though. I, I do promise you I'm not going to yell. I have a microphone, but I won't yell at anything. I've been yelling this whole time. Well, I will have to do what you say. Well, you don't have to. Well, I'm not going to go against That's conflict. If you don't do what I say, and then that's interesting, and that's a podcast. I'm not sure I want conflict, though. Uh, is this one of those traditional values? Hide your true feelings? Seen to avoid conflict? Uh, seen and not heard, all of that? Yeah, is that part of the folklore? It depends who you ask, I suppose. I'm asking you. Well, I couldn't say, but it just happens to be the way I was brought up. The way you were brought up is to clean up your house, otherwise you're going to be maimed. Yes. That seems like it should call child services. Or, uh, you know, some of the other services, I suppose. But, but I do have a wonderful home and an obedient family. Was it worth it, though? Was it worth being threatened with violence? Cartoonishly grotesque violence. I just feel like, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, right? Mm, some of your belief system is questionable. What do you mean by that? Uh, this frail person you're all about, you that you're so interested in, I mean... I mean it's... Um... What's the word I'm looking for? Silence! <laughs> Your beliefs are a bit silent. I guess it's interesting in a way a serial killer is interesting. Like, sure, it's morbid and it's gross, but I wouldn't want anything to do with it. Would you say, perhaps, that serial killers will become the new folklore then? Some of them already have. It's called True Crime Podcasts. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to learn a little bit more about that. I hope it's not too uh, scary. I've got quite a sensitive stomach. I got a very insensitive stomach. Okay. <laughs> you hear that? My stomach just insulted everyone in this room. How rude. What was that? I thought it was silent. And what's more insensitive than silence? And that's why your beliefs are silence. Because it's insensitive. Okay, well. So you're all about the f stories. Stories with a lesson. Stories with a lesson. Stories with a lesson. You know, uh, stories with a lesson like Frau Perkta or like, who's that serial killer who used to lure people into vans asking for furniture to be moved? Hansel and Gretel. That, uh, that sounds... I mean, without knowing otherwise, I can't say that's wrong. Jack and Jill. 
Yes, maybe. The free little pigs. The free little pigs lured that wolf. Try to get the wolf to move the furniture. The pigs were the bad, are the bad guys. I, I'm pretty certain the pigs had a lot to protect. But the lesson is there. If you're lazy and you make your house out of straw, it will be blown down by a wolf. If you make your house out of sticks, it will be blown down by a wolf. And if you make your house out of bricks and you take the time to do it perfectly, you're safe. And perhaps a wolf will climb down your chimney, but you might burn it up. And some people have accused me of animal cruelty, but I just think that there is no lesson without a, a firm point. Hmm, sounds pretty cool to animals to me. Well, I did grow up in regional Victoria. Yeah, you, yeah. you like toast? There's nothing to dislike about toast. Oh, no, yes or no, you like toast? Yes. Don't have to be so unemotional when it comes to things like toast. I'm cool with toast. I mean, we have an expert on the dang food. How does one become an expert on toast? Uh, I have to know. I think we're going to find out. I need to know. I didn't catch the person's name when I booked them. But, uh, so I'm just going to call him Toast Expert. Toast Expert? Oh, hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's actually hello. David the Toast Teak. Oh, David the Toast Teak. That sounds like a wrestler's name. Well, I'm quite like a wrestler, although instead of uh, sliding around half-naked with other half-naked men, I make toast. So that's completely different to wrestling. There's some similarities. Both involve latherings of butter. Uh, both on the toast, not on your body. Uh, in wrestling, you would slather your body in butter and um, lather your body onto another body. Mm. In toast making, you lather the butter onto the bread. Mm. And not on the kitchen table, because then you'll be messing up the kitchen table. Then you have to clean it up. And then you get visited well, by this this proud this, this proud character. Yes. Well, I've been listening to this conversation, and I have to take some umbrage with some of the story that I've been hearing. Interesting. Uh, this ghost character apparently ate porridge for breakfast. That's a bad choice. Fish porridge. It's a special kind of porridge. We're thinking about traditions that have uh, come from. Old, old Alpine cultures, uh, you know, around uh, say Germany and maybe even Nordic cultures. And so fish was a very important part of diets. Yes, very important. And it should I be mean, put on toast. Right. Herring on toast, delicious. Prawns on toast, delicious. Mostly the toast part that's delicious. <laughs> fish Her on toast. Fish toast, great. I don't think fish should be in porridge or toast. Shark toast. Shark toast? I guess they, they would call it flake. No flake wants, toast? No one wants to see how the sausage is made, you know? Sausage toast? Well, everyone would like to see how toast is made. You kind of have to look at toast I feel like I know how toast is made. Exactly. It's just bread and... Yes. 
Well, I, uh, one of my expertise is I can watch toast being made and I can tell you the exact moment the bread has since, since stopped being bread and has now transformed itself into toast. Oh, that's amazing. Do you do that with some sort of transparent toaster? It's like uh, how some people can see auras. I can see the transition of bread to toast. As it pops out of the toast. No, I watch it straight down the and slot. It, and it's done. That's a, that's a completion, but there is a moment where it's still bread, and then there's a moment where it is now toast. Mm. Sounds very clear. I do have a question for you. Yes. At what point, you know, if you happen to leave the, the toast in a, a cup, you know, a, without slicing the bread to put in the toaster, if you leave it in the oven, does it become one large piece of toast or is that still considered baking? At, uh, at 375 degrees Fahrenheit with a regular size loaf of, say, sourdough, the entire loaf will become uh, toast at about 45 minutes of baking. 45 minutes? Well, I have learned a lesson in baking. It's a good thing about having multiple guests. They interview each other and I just sit back. I'm so sorry for speaking out of turn. No, you didn't speak out of turn. It's fine. I'm just saying, I'm glad. It gives me so much less to do. Okay. Let me ask you this, uh, Ross. Oh, great. Now I'm being interviewed. Do you eat toast <laughs> in the mornings? I, I, not every day, sometimes. What kind of bread do you use? White bread, wholemeal bread. What kind of spread do you use? Butter, Vegemite, sometimes raspberry, peanut butter sometimes. Correct. Correct? It's not a fact, it's just something I do. Yes, you have. You eat toast. I tested Which you I, out and you <laughs> passed the test. I passed the test of eating it, toast, it, but, it, I, but you asked me and I said, yes, I eat toast. Yes, and then I asked a follow-up question and you proved yourself correct. I proved myself correct by just stating what I do. How does someone prove themselves correct and then, no, how does someone make the correct choice, but then prove themselves to be incorrect. Let me ask you this. Do you eat toast in the morning? Yes. What kind of bread do you use? All right, it's fish. It's fish that I eat for, for breakfast in the morning and it's not toast at all. False. You've proven yourself false. That was what I was afraid of. No, do you, do you actually eat fish? Don't have them tell you what's right or not. It's called gaslighting. Well, I think it's important that you fuel your body in the morning so that you're prepared to live a righteous life. With so fish? You, with, you know, some sort of grain should be in there. Maybe a soaked grain of some kind, perhaps some porridge, if that is how you... Well, the food pyramid is basically a diagram of toast. On the bottom, you have your grains, and then the toppings form a triangle type situation. Oh, I see. The, the grain base. That's your toast. And your, then uh, um, the next butter layer, and butter, that's the dairy. That's the dairy layer. Maybe some poultry and meat. That's the meat layer. Fish on top of that. Maybe some uh, fruit and vegetables. That's a perfectly made piece of toast.
What about the, you know, you know what at the top, the treats? Yes, you don't want to put too many treats on your toast. It sounds like quite a pyramid to fit in your mouth. None of it is toast. Toast is one thing. It's one thing. Toast is a bedrock of many things. Much like the earth is a bedrock for buildings and humans and people. Indeed, we would not be here without the earth. And so... If you take away that bedrock, you're gone. Same with meals. Take away the toast, it's oh, nothing. You're left with a handful of butter. It's just people floating in the atmosphere. Well, I'm not going to eat just butter. Isn't that what we all really want, though? I could just put it on bread. That hasn't been toasted. Well, that's not... That's not going to have any structural integrity. What's with structural integrity? What's with a, a it'll well be flopping made. and flipping. If you drop it, it'll land butter face down. It's not a building. It's not the Eiffel Tower or something. It doesn't have integrity. Go you put it in your mouth, it'll flop on your chin. You'll have a buttery chin. A dog will come and lick your face. You're allowed to hold on to it. Dogs sometimes have diseased mouths. Maybe they've been licking something they shouldn't not have been this. licking. That is a weird... Maybe the dog will get a taste for face butter and suddenly everywhere you go the dog's following you around trying to get your butter your face up. I feel like this is quite far-fetched. Oh, this is far-fetched. This is far-fetched. Mrs. Gotta clean up your room, otherwise we're gonna cut you open, gonna put garbage inside instead of an intestine. Well, of course. There's a lesson to be learned there, but... There's I... no lesson to be learned. What? What is the probability that toast will land butter side down? And bread. How, is, how does that differ? What's the probability Structural there? integrity. Bread is floppy. Toast is stiff and incredibly hard. What if it's a firmer, more pumpernickel style bread that is more firm and has more structural integrity than, say, uh, a toasted white loaf? Wow, we're getting into semantics there, but a pumpernickel often yeah, is baked almost to the level of toast. It doesn't quite get there, but it has got some toast qualities. Ah. For example, you'll never have a dog try and lick your face because of a pumpernickel. Sure, I don't think I'm ever going to have a dog lick my face because of butter. I've never had a dog lick my face because I've, you know, three well, little pigs. You haven't been in some of the studies I've been in down at the university. Which one? Where we study, study the effects of bread to toast ratios in the effect of both children and adults alike. What other statistics have you learned from these studies? We like to take a, a good thousand people a year into the studies and we test them on various structural integrities of breads, different types of bread, sourdoughs, pumpernickels, rice. Sometimes we'll throw in a hot dog bun just to mix things up and get the debate going. What a variety. We'll use butter, we'll use nut or nutalex, we'll use uh, margarine. That very uh, positive for the, the lactose intolerant. You've got to mix it up. Sometimes we'll just take a jar of cream and a marble and make them make their own butter. Oh, I like that. And this is a university, like a research. This is down actual, at Monash. Actual Monash. Yes, we've... Uh, Monash does this. It's part of the Children's Hospital. We've taken some money from their study program and um, we've used it for some wonderful studies. That sounds like definitely a very good use of money. It is not. So it you sounds like a waste. You will find at that hospital that those children, when they order their breakfast in the morning, get their toast the way they order it.
Not cold. Not cold. Not with too little butter. Fresh from the toaster. Fresh, to to freshly to buttered. Sometimes we'll butter at bedside. Right. I very often get those little packs where they've got to open it up and then... Some kids request that. They like to tongue out the, the leftovers that you can't get with that little plastic knife. Ah. Tongue out for leftovers. Of course, because they've got those little tongues. Sometimes they'll have a, a guide dog that comes and visits the pets that oh. wants to lick up some chin butter. Chin uh, butter? I don't think dogs like face butter as much as you say well, they do. I am not a butter expert or a chin expert. You're not, you're not. But I have had a lot of butter on my chin and I've got a lot of dogs following me around. And if right. you can't see a connection between those two things... Well, if, you know, you've got one thing and you've got the other thing and, you know, causality equals connection. Exactly. Just like uh, the, the history of knowing that if you haven't finished your chores before the the holy days, there will be some sort of repercussion. And if you do keep a tidy house, your family and your friends will be healthy, wealthy and wise. And if you keep a clean toaster, you won't get unnecessary burnt bits from old pieces of toast getting stuck to the bottom of your fresh piece of toast. That Which sounds like quite a risk. I think you have some long buried in trauma from something your parents taught you that you have yet to uncover. I think you've wasted your life. There was mention of a serial killer earlier named Ted Bundy. You guys did not remember his name specifically. Oh, yes. Did you know that Ted Bundy ate cereal for breakfast? Well, that means that cereal must create psychopaths. It's more the lack of toast rather than the cereal itself. Cereal can be an excellent snack. It can also be a good side product to a nice piece of toast. Oh. Sometimes you want a cold and hot combination. Mmm, cereal killer. There, I said it, we're all thinking it. I've never considered that combination together. Let's see, it's wordplay, because there's a word- Cereal and cereal. There's a word cereal, that's S-E-R-I-A-L. Yes. And that's the serial and serial killer. And you're talking about cereal, the food, C-E-R-E-A-L. And then what I did cleverly is I, I, I swapped the two and they both sound the same. So they're both interchangeable in that. Comedy's just been destroyed, everyone. What about the surreal? Surreal. Surreal. It's not something you can eat. Sounds very surreal. Even though there's that surreal painting of like the tongue hanging off the tree and the melting clock. Yes. Melting clock like melting butter. Salvador Dali, famously a toast eater. Interesting. Oh, so what's that? What's that supposed to mean? That's why he did his mustache like that to keep. Oh, to keep the the mustache out of the, the topping. Toast. He didn't want marmalade coming into oh, his mustache. Oh, it is a risk. That's not true. That's a true fact. I'm, it's not. I know, listeners, that you cannot see us right now, but I am sitting here with two men with facial hair, and I believe they must both know a lot about marmalade stuck in the beard. I... Well, actually, this facial hair is because you might have seen any advertising that I'm wearing like a pink balaclava 
but I like the pink ballot flavor in another venue, and I couldn't be bothered to get it. So what I'm doing is I'm growing the beard out, and so that's you its own like sort of mask. mask. It's its own sort of mask. You could yes. dye it pink and um, be wearing a, a mask at all times. Yes. Amazing. Instead of just an emotional one. <laughs> I see what you did there. I, I don't explain further. It's like he's saying that uh, people put on some sort of front when they go out and, you know, uh, dabble in society. Riddle me this. If toast had a front, what would it be? It would be the crust. The crust, the end of the bread. The thing that gets left behind. The proof that you don't really love your family. Because you leave it behind and you go straight for the next pieces. Well, you've fallen into my trap. Because as we were talking about food like herring and the, the Nordic people in the Scandinavian countries, they covered the end piece of the bread more than the centerpieces of the bread. That's a true fact. Well, I must believe that, since you said it's true. You don't have to believe it. Think for yourself. Well, I mean, I do. I've clearly uh, found a, a very healthy interpretation to the reason we tell stories. Throughout history, we, we people, through many different cultures, we tell stories to yes. each other, and we do that so that we can learn lessons. We gather around the fire, we stick a piece of bread on a stick. But no one's ever done that. We uh, cook it up and we tell a great story. Yep, through oral traditions and then through written traditions. And, and all of that means that now we can interpret some of these life lessons that have keep, kept people alive. You think that uh, living under fear of a, some German supermodel witch has kept you alive? I mean, what could be unhealthy about living in fear under some German? <laughs> That's never gone wrong in history. I can't think of any cases, so... See, I am using my head. <laughs> There's a weird repressed trauma inside you. Oh, you, you say that, but I think that's just something that people say when they don't agree with you, and I, uh, I let you have your opinion. You can say fuck off. No one's going to cut you open. I mean... Clearly your parents have done something to you growing up. My parents were good people. Were they? Yes. Who were your parents? Well, my parents are Dutch and Austrian. Okay, okay, I don't... And they moved here, both of their families separately, and have been part of the, the wider Ballarat community for a very long time. And uh, I was brought up on a farm. I didn't have any brothers and sisters. Interestingly, the Dutch and the Austrians are almost like the bread on the German sandwich. No one has ever thought that in the history of everything. Austria is on one side of Germany, Holland is on the other side of Germany. Germany is quite a meaty country, lots of bratwurst. That's why they embraced the, uh, the pretzel rather than the loaf of bread as their national bread product. That is so interesting. I had no idea that national bread products were a thing. What other countries have national All bread All countries products? have their nat nat national bread 
much like we all have our own bird and our own uh, flower. Okay. Tell me Australia's national bread product. Damper. Oh, what about turkey? Uh, turkey skin dipped in flour, deep fried. Uh, what about Hungary? Uh, German people uh, snot ignored and then instead they just break a loaf of bread. Uh, sounds, uh, it's a long, a long answer for a national bread, but fair enough. Uh, very France. interesting people. France? Croissant. Well, yeah, it checks that, out. That, that, that part checks out. Don't let him distract you though. We were talking about your home life growing up. Fran I, I'm uh, so sorry, I did. Canada, I, poutine. That's not so grainy. Poutine is more of a chip. Well, they, more of a they, use, base. they use breading on their french fries there. So it's oh. potato covered in breading. I haven't done a lot of traveling, so I, I don't know that. But I did not know that, and I feel like I've learned something new today. Thank you for All explaining. All bread dumplings. Bread dumplings? Bread dumplings. Britain bread pudding. That is a thing. Morocco, interestingly, Turkish bread. Interesting. Not just the guy at the party, but just knows one specific thing. Yes. You don't have to call yourself an expert on toast. It sounds like you're an expert on all sorts of grain-based products. Well, toast is my PhD. But uh, bread products in general are things that you learn about a lot while studying toast. For example, someone once brought in uh, a Libyan flatbread and asked if I could turn it into toast, and I had to disappoint them and send them away from the university. But why didn't you just simply put it in an oven or under a grill? Because a flatbread cannot be turned into toast. It can be toasted, though. That's a toasted flatbread. That is not toast. You're not going to get any in structural integrity by toasting a flatbread. I think there is some sort of... This is slightly outrageous. I, I mean, you can still toast a product. You can toast a marshmallow. You're not going to get any toast out of a marshmallow, though. But it's you can feel toasty sitting in front of a, a nice heater yourself. You can't slather yourself in bread and stick some marmalade on you and hope to have a fun time. That sounds very convoluted, and I'm sure that there is someone out there who does have that sort you of You can give a toast at a wedding. You don't suddenly, a, a lovely breakfast start to the day that will help you have a delicious day and a yeah, fun time. Yeah, definitely two separate things. Yeah, we get it. There's multiple uses for words. Well, I just... We get that. I feel like I was challenged there for a second about the, the Libyan flatbread. You know what? I have spent a lot of my life baking and spending time in the kitchen and, you know, learning things to, to sustain and, and keep my family happy and safe and, you know, help us have a dinner table that is warm and comforting to tell stories around. And hearing that you don't approve of toasting flatbread. I don't disapprove of toasting flatbread. You're just not making toast. And I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a lesson that needs to be spread around. I've, I've tweeted it a few times. It hasn't gone viral yet, but I think we can really spread the word here on this podcast. Yes, but no one wants you to spread a virus. Um, I think maybe we might need to disagree here. I think it's very important that people consider toasting many things. 
You know, you, you do have to eat. What would happen if we didn't eat? What would happen if we didn't eat? Sidebar, round circle. What would happen if we didn't eat? I think that's, I think that's correct. That person said die. Yes. What would happen if we didn't eat? I'd get hangry. Angry. Hangry. Angry. Is that the emotion where you... Hungry and angry. So you're angry because you're hungry. Well, I believe the solution to that is an oak milk. Not toast. No, well, the, the oak milk adds a very specific very amount. Very persuasive. About the for, for hang, hang, hanger. I've got to say, it is, in fact, Easter Sunday. And when I thought I was having a food expert, I thought we were going to talk about chocolate eggs or something like that. Hot cross buns. Delicious. Delicious. Kind, of, kind of like toast. Ironically, the national bread product of Singapore. I had no idea. Which is mostly a Muslim nation. They don't even believe in Jesus Christ or his teachings or his lovely resurrection after dying on the cross. But they do love a hot cross bun. How do you feel about raisin toast? I think it's just a hot cross bun lying about itself. So does that mean that a hot cross bun is toast? No, that, that, no, I, I would I said it's kind of like toast. I kind of, kind of like toast is toast. A gorilla is kind of like a human being, but it's not a human being. They're separate things, yes. You throw a gorilla in a wrestling ring, you're not wrestling anymore, you're fighting an animal. And call the RSPCA, am you I right? You definitely shouldn't. That's never happened, right? It's probably happened way off in the jungle somewhere. They have to entertain themselves somehow, so what better way than getting into a ring with a gorilla, beating it up for its skin, wearing its fur as some sort of clothing, Look, I'm not saying it's a good thing, I'm saying it's probably happening. Okay, okay. Yes, I believe uh, it was Mr. Burns on The Simpsons that quite liked his vest made of monkey. Mm, quite liked his vest? Yes, he quite liked his vest. What was it made of? It was a monkey vest. Oh. It was, quite, it was made of monkeys. He really liked the vest. And speaking of The Simpsons... You really liked the vest? Speaking of The Simpsons in Singapore, Singapore has that famous controversial case where the kid got caned for having bubblegum. Yes, you're not allowed bubblegum. And then the Simpsons did it, but they switched Singapore for Australia and then made it a kick in the ass. Made it a kick in the ass. So it really threw us under the bus right there. Matt Grading. We could probably take it though. There's right? a story. They're stories. They are only stories. And they tell us a very important lesson. About what? About if well, some countries punish you unnecessarily? It, it just means learn the rules, stick to them never deviate from them, and you'll have nothing to worry about. Sounds like you're worrying about adhering to the rules your whole life. That's something to worry about. Well, I, I don't know what to say to that. I, I can't say that I have any uh, concerns in my life. I don't regret anything. I've done a, a good job, and I believe Following the rules, I will continue to. Regrets, regrets. I think regrets, the proof is regrets, in the regrets. in the pudding. To use another food reference over here, in she's not currently sliced open and full of garbage, so she must have followed the rules. Exactly, and I don't know any proof uh, otherwise. So I would say that I've done enough research to know that that is the case. Be good, get good results. Sounds like someone's cut you open metaphorically, replaced your heart with garbage.
metaphorically. I do not have a garbage heart. Would a person with a garbage heart try to spread the word of Frau Perkta? Probably. So so that people might lead more fruitful and, and beautiful lives. If you had a heart transplant and they gave you a monkey heart, are you still a human or are you now a monkey? You're a human. I mean, I haven't heard a You're probably human. I would say human. Maybe I'm biased because I do have a monkey heart. You have a monkey heart? Yes, I have a monkey heart in what's I think we should uh, throw you in a wrestling ring and see if anyone calls the RSPCA. Well, they won't because I'm a human. Well, that would be the test to find out. Well, I don't need to be tested on this. It's very clear I look like a human, so I'm going to be treated like a human. Just because I have an animal organ inside me. Well, it doesn't mean proven. I could take you down to Monash and um, get a thousand kids. <laughs> that sounds good. I have a test, or we can just throw you in a wrestling ring, buddy you up. And, uh, Why would I need to be butted up for? Rest, everyone's butted wrestling. up for wrestling. We did discuss this earlier. All, all wrestling and toast, they're very similar because of the use of butter. And I was meaning to ask, why are you being butted up in wrestling? So you slide around on it. Yes, table. doesn't everyone know this? You, you butter yourself so that your opponent can't hold on to you like a bar of soap. You just slip everywhere. No one can grapple you. But is it butter? Butter. Or is it oil? Some people use it's oil. It's oil. It's oil. Oil up your toast. Would you oil up your toast? Well, Dave? margarine is uh, made from certain types of oils, and uh, and margarine is a perfectly acceptable butter alternative for those that are vegan. I believe so. That that is acceptable. This is the type of oil we're going to Middle Eastern countries for. Different, going to unnecessary wars with. Different type of oil. I believe most of it is vegetable oil. Ah, so could I put my butter in my car? Yes. Will it run then? No. But I could do it. You could put yes. butter in you. You could make a milkshake out of tobacco and cheese, but you could do a lot of things that you probably won't like the result of. I think you could do a lot of things and you've stopped yourself because you're letting a story dictate your life. That's insane. No one does that. I simply have learned lessons from stories that have been retold through generations. Every culture has their own stories that have been retold through generations, and I think this is a very healthy one. There's nothing to misinterpret here. Dave, do you think it's healthy? I think it's perfectly healthy. I'm uh, picking up what you're saying. Uh, over the course of history, of course, the statement is people will break bread, but uh, what they forget is most people will then toast that bread, and uh, that is how society has come together for generations. There are some twists and turns in your version of the story that aligns with mine, but I don't mind, because you got to the crux of it. Yes, well, obviously the breaking of the bread is just to get it to a size that'll fit in the toaster. What about back when there was no toaster? Pre-toaster time. Well, you, you can make toast over an open fire. Uh, you can make toast between two irons. Uh, some people will make toast by sitting it in front of a, a heater fan. What? Space what came heater. first, the two irons or the toaster? Oh, the two irons, definitely. I believe it was a blacksmith 
in uh, oh. middle in the Middle Ages, he was making a sword one day, and he realized his shirt was crinkly, and he went to iron his shirt and accidentally dropped it on a piece of bread and made the first piece of toast. Really, this is an incredible story. And he said, "Aha! I've done something." I think it, it, it is just a story. It's a incredible. fictional story. I believe it. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't set your clock to it. Soon he no longer had dogs following him around. He became the hero of the town. People thought it was for his blacksmithing, but uh, they would buy swords off him and the same thing would not happen to them. Eventually he sold toast to the masses. That's interesting. Never patented, that's why we don't know him well. Well, I think it's fictional and that's why we don't know it because this is something you made up. How crisp and, and how dark should toast be? Ooh. Oh, that's a, that's a slippery slope of slidey scales. I have an opinion, but I'm not going to share it yet. I want to hear yours as the expert. No, you say your opinion first. I like it to be like warm, stale bread, only lightly toasted. Correct. Ross? What? How do you like your toast? I like it, I like it less warm and brown. Correct. Yeah, because it's correct. These are two separate this things. Isn't a, this, isn't a, this isn't a fact that we're trying to decide here. But the, this is we, just... That's the fact, that's the answer. We the way you like your toast. The way you like your toast is the correct answer. All right, ask me again. How do I like my toast? How would you like, it, how would you like your toast? With maggots. Correct. It's not correct. I've never eaten toast with maggots. That sounds very unhygienic. Well, among other things. Like the sickness and death that may ensue if you eat a food with maggots on it. I know that it's in, in some places. I know that it has been considered that we should be eating bugs because of uh, mass uh, issues with agriculture and yes. with uh, starvation uh, and food shortages. Some places do eat toasted bugs but as a meal. That is not toast though. are baby flies and they come when something is gross and i believe that it's I, I i'm not a maggot expert but i don't believe it is the maggot itself which is the gross part it's the thing that it's on that you should need would you eat maggots mm, if it was on a nice piece of toast Rob, really would you eat maggots no i just gave an example because i would never do that i was trying to stump this guy he seems to have an answer for everything well, he said that's the way he likes it, so that's the way it'll be served to him from now on. That's not how it works. We're gonna go to some cafe, and we're not gonna have maggots. Do any of you work in a cafe? I, uh, for the podcast, let us show that uh, there are some shaking heads to indicate that no one here works in a cafe. But if any of you did, I would suggest finding some maggots so that you could serve them to Ross. Should he come into your establishment? They'd have to be good-looking maggots. Yeah, I would think they would be good-looking Why maggots. would they have to be good-looking maggots? Like it doesn't matter if they look good or they look bad. They're maggots. It's like the ghost. It's a good-looking ghost. Yeah, sorry? Wouldn't they an ugly maggot? Yeah. That's fair enough. Correct, yes, correct. What difference does it make? It's a maggot. They well, all taste the same, I imagine. You imagine or you know? Because there's, uh, I there's imagine. imagining and then there's knowing. And they're two different things. 
Exactly, just like how I know that you're letting someone else's imagination from decades and decades ago Do you know right dictate can... your life. Do you know I right just I can feel imagine? like there's a, a, a truth that has been echoed down and hygiene is best. Do you know what I can imagine? Old people? A horse with a butterfly head. That came very far out of left field. I can, uh, I'm just, Ross was imagining things and I decided I wanted to imagine something. I went with a horse with a no, butterfly head. No, I'm imagining it. I'm imagining it. Are you imagining it? Everyone, close your eyes and imagine a horse with a butterfly head. It's quite a little head for a horse. Tiny, teeny, it's tiny head. Close your eyes. It's proportionally very strange. Close your eyes. It's to scale. I don't see any eyes being closed. Out. Oh, yeah, I see one eye being closed. One eye. That's that, that, that. a wink. The guy's just winking at me. Is a guy winking at me? I've got my eyes closed. I don't know. Why haven't you got your eyes closed? There's one audience member closing their eyes. They're kind of opening it. Because, well, if no one else is committing, I'm not going to. I've got my eyes closed. And then the other guy's, he's, he's just closing his other eye, but he's still, he's still just winking. Should I open my eyes now? Yeah, no one's committing to this. Oh, Dave the Toast Guy. Oh, you, you lasted longer than me. I was, I was imagining the horse with a butterfly head eating some toast. When you said that you were imagining something, I absolutely thought it would be something bread related. It did end up being bread related. The horse with the fly head ate toast. Well, if, if you keep an imagination going long enough, eventually a piece of toast is going to show up. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. It's like an infinity of monkeys typing in an infinity of... Uh, of uh, typewriters will eventually write the works of Shakespeare, much like <laughs> if you close your eyes and imagine, eventually a piece of toast will show up. I mean, maybe for you, whose whole life seems to be toast. It just happens to be my PhD. If a doctor was on here saying, hey, I operated on some people last week, would you go, oh, you're obsessed with operating on people? Probably. They do need to study it for a long time practice it for a long time, study under other people and watch them doing it for a long time. I believe that would probably constitute an obsession if it wasn't so awarded in our culture. I think people need surgeries to perform them. People need operations. Right. No one needs to know the ins and outs of toast and what how it was made. And... Yes, definitely. What if you're a celiac and you need to know that your bread is wheat and gluten-free? Some... Did your PhD teach you about yes, that? Yes, absolutely. Some gluten-free people can eat sourdough breast, not breast bread, because of the pre-digested wheat and the wild yeast. But not everyone. Not everyone. A full celiac can't go near a sourdough, but if you're just gluten intolerant, get some sourdough on your face. Interesting. But not full-blown celiac. No, not a full-blown Definitely celiac. Definitely not. What about a paleontologist? What about a paleontologist? They're a doctor in something that doesn't even exist. What, dinosaurs? Yeah. What? They did it to this, though. But they're gone now. Yeah. See, no one from... Toasts and dinosaurs are not the same thing. Toasts are here, they're now, they're present, they're relevant. Well, I mean, you're There's no toast right, right here. There's toast right here, oh. in my belly. At some stage today, there has been bread consumed, so I suppose... Let the record show that there is toast on this table right now, and no one will say otherwise. Are you going to say otherwise? Are you going to say otherwise? Otherwise. 
Hey, oh. this guy over here is breaking the illusion of this podcast. Every morning I eat a full piece of toast without chewing it. So if a piece of toast needs to be presented, I can regurgitate it on demand. But it would, would it still be a piece of toast? It would be all floppy. And you no, said could, before that it, it would be bread if it was all floppy. It maintains its structural integrity in my stomach. I keep it away from the acids. I cover it in um, glad wrap before I swallow it. That's... Butter it up. <laughs> that sounds insanity. Butter it up for a smooth entry. This guy in the audience is the only one that's making sense to me right now. Oh, come on. We've been talking about some very sensible things. Dear Lord, you get some help. You're letting dead people uh, peer pressure you, and that's just tradition. It is. It's just tradition. You need to understand that tradition is there for a reason. And because some guy ages ago thought this makes sense, but years have passed and things have changed and cultures evolved and traditions are no longer needed. Look, Ross, I know that you have a different opinion to me and I will, I will allow you to have your, uh, your different opinion, but I do want to say that the, the coronavirus pandemic that we are living under currently has happened because we have not been sharing the, the story of Frau Perkta and her Perkta. No, not at all. Not at all. And you? Yes. Well, if you would like to know more about toast, I do do a podcast on toast. Um, oh, boy. I, I've combined the word toast and podcast into one word. I've taken the T from toast and the kst from podcast and made a singular word toast. Uh, it combines those two words. What? So what is it? And uh, what Pod, happens is... Podcast? Toast? No, it's just toast. I've got the top toast and from podcast. Make to one word toast. toast. And, um, Not even toast cast. No, it's toast. It's pod, pod, pod toast. Shares, pod toast. Shares po elements. Toast. Toast? No, it shares elements of both podcast and toast. Pod toast cast. Toast cast. And uh, what we do, what we do is... Toast. We'll put a we'll put a, a slice of bread in the toaster, and I will watch it. And at the moment it switches from bread to toast, I will go toast, and uh, and that's the podcast. So Does I recommend that mean that checking just that out. Silence the whole time while you're waiting for the toast. Sometimes I'll go bread, 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 toast. Oh, okay. All right, that sounds like a joke experience. Sometimes I, I purposely set the toaster to a very low temperature so it takes a while. Sometimes um, I'll throw it in a pizza oven to really just speed it up. So it's a, there's a real mystery element to the podcast. Sounds like you're dabbling in not toast though, in your toast cast. What? Toast. I think we've established toast. you can cook toast on many different forms of flames and heat products. He's made it very obvious. It's you the can nature do of the bread. Yeah. It gets turned into toast rather mm. than the other way around. It is the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. We're wrapping up. Has anyone got stuff to plug or stuff you want to recommend to people? I just want to recommend that there's nothing wrong with uh, traditional gender roles that restrict people to uh, very, very rigid norms. And uh, that, that is just as sensible as following uh, the folklore that was traditional in ancient Germanic cultures. Okay, thank you, Brunhilla. Yes, and I am doing a live version of my podcast, Toast, uh, that's on um, Easter Monday tomorrow at noon. It's at the Rod Laver Arena. We are sold out, but there are what? some standby tickets. 
Uh, it's a three-hour podcast. And Jesus. I, Disappointing. Really? I, I really wanted a ticket. That's exactly what we're I doing. don't want a ticket to go to a stage show at an arena where someone's just going to be making toast for the whole time, oh, set it at a low temperature, maybe occasionally whispering, no, breath, 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 breath. so gripping. Really Think are. of it, you'll be able to watch it. Some people will be that close. We do have some special surprises. Uh, I'll, I'll just, because there's not that many people here, so I won't spoil it, but there, there is going to be uh, Moroccan hard bread snuck in at some point. Oh boy! And uh, you gotta and, see about Moroccan hard bread. And and as as we've established, that never turns into toast. So once I put that in the toaster, it's gonna be a long wait, and uh, people are gonna be very excited oh, to God. realize they've been duped after a couple of hours. I can't wait to listen to this. Not even watch it. Yeah, well, you can find toast on all the platforms, mm -hmm. Spotify, and. Uh, I didn't quite get Joe Rogan's deal, but I am very well paid on Spotify. Mm. And uh, Megan Malakal was on last week. Uh, she brought on a, a nice piece of Wonder Bread from America, where she lives now. It's quite exciting, so listen to that one. Is there another show on After Us? I do believe at 7.30 there's something called the Improvised Superhero Movie, where an improv troupe with, from an audience suggestion, make up a superhero movie in front of the audience's very eyes. It sounds exciting. It sounds I believe exciting. it's quite good, and I believe there's going to be at least, at least, probably 20 audience members. Maybe. More of a real shot. Look, it's not really Rob Labour Arena, but I'm sure the stories that they tell of these superheroes will be fantastic. Last night it did the tale of Hemorrhoid Boy. So, wow. No spoilers. You can't spoil it because it's different each show. Oh, you can yeah. spoil the show because the show tonight's going to be a different one because it's all improvised. That sounds very exciting. Ah, uh, we sung. We talked about imagining things before. I think we need to end this podcast now by singing the song "Imagine." Let's do it. If okay. You know, I assume you've paid John Lennon the rights for. Nah. Imagine all the people, everybody get up and join in. No one's getting up. No one's getting up. You don't need to know the words. John Lennon didn't even know the words. Thank you, thank you. Purdy destroys comedy. I've been here with Dave, the Toast Guy, expert, Tink, and Bruhilda Bron. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.